Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to episode two of the Boiling Point podcast. Today we have here Brittany, Michael, Trine, Jeremy, and Deja. Hello, guys. Welcome back. Um, since we haven't met the two of you here and you guys are newcomers, can Deja and Jeremy tell us a little bit about themselves? Sure. Uh, hi, my name is Deja. I am a junior at Still, I go to school for culinary arts and hospitality management, and I am currently the president of the Campus Engagement Board and the It's On Us chapter here at SUNY Cobleskill. Okay, thank you so much. And Jeremy? Uh, how's everybody doing today? Uh, my name is Jeremy. Uh, I'm a junior as well as an RA uh, on campus. Uh, aside from that, I'm also a student athlete. I play baseball, have for the the last three years at the school, and uh, I am also the president of the Student Athlete Advisory Committee on campus. Ooh, okay, fancy. Thank you so much for joining us today. All right, so the topic that we're going to talk about today is emotional health and what that means for us as students. So I suppose the first question that I'll present is what is emotional health? Like when you hear emotional health, what is what does that mean to you? Let's hear from someone new. Deja, why don't you start us off? Okay. Well, for me, emotional health uh, means how you think and feel along with your sense of well-being. Um, and to me, emotional health is super, super important because not as just students, but as an RA, sometimes when it comes to emotional health, we kind of put it on the back burner because it's like, oh, we have to worry about other people. And it's like if you can't help yourself. You really can't help other people. So. Okay. Thank you so much. Does anybody else have anything to share? Emotional health to me um, means like how well you express your emotions and realize that I guess the way you go about expressing those emotions can impact others and yourself in the long run, I guess. Um I never really was like too understanding on the whole emotional aspect of like, I guess my life. I, I would say like, as I've gotten older and been able to surround myself with more like affectionate people or more people are, um, I guess it's easier for you to like communicate those emotions to them. Um, it has become easier. Like emotional like health and like emotional intelligence. It's just kind of being able to understand like the emotions that you are not only portraying but also the um emotional capacity that you're able to like have whether it's in discussion or like in reaction to people um and just like kind of understanding like how you can express your emotions properly as well <laughs> as like being like in tune with how you feel and just understanding how you feel Thank you guys for sharing your perspectives on what emotional health is and what that means to you. Um, the next question that I have for you guys is what are some good tips to building your emotional health? Like what helps you become an emotionally healthy person? Honestly, I think alone time and getting to know yourself and processing your own emotions and not constantly being around someone all the time helps you figure out how you cope or how you deal with certain situations and like what triggers certain emotions in you. Thank you. Deja? Um, I know for me, um, I do a lot of meditation um, because of course I'm a positive person or whatever. No, um, I do a lot of meditation and um, also like what Trinae said, I like to spend time alone because 
people can be a lot sometimes. Um, and alone time is also very important just to get away from people for a while. So those are just like a few tips I use and they work really well for me. Just kind of going off of like what Trinae and Deja both said, like being like alone is definitely a good like a good thing to do and just because you need to like find time for like self-confidence and like self-reassurance because if you can't like find time to like really understand like who you are individually like and emotionally then you're not gonna be able to help or express like what you're feeling or how other people are feeling um i would say that like listening to music for me at least personally listening to music or playing video games is like the thing that kind of like brings me back to like being me I feel like I get drained after a while of like being around people or talking to people and I kind of just need time to like give my give my body like a refresh or give my like mind a refresh. I do agree though that being alone definitely is another thing that helps um it helped me um definitely in like some of like my roughest times being alone and like just understanding like how I feel about everything. Right. Thank you. I agree. Being alone is has definitely helped me um, in terms of emotional health. Brittany? Um, I wanted to say, so recently I started going to therapy, and I think that's helped me work through a lot of emotions that I, cause I feel like I sometimes don't understand what's going on. And I just feel things. I'm like, what's going on? Like, things are good right now, right? But then I'm feeling like <laughs> things aren't good. So it's just having a therapist has helped me a lot recently. Sometimes for me, though, I don't like being alone. I like having like at least one friend or just one person to talk to because I like back and forth or to get feedback from other people when I'm going through things. But just like just a different perspective, because I feel like I can't always figure out things on my own when it comes to my emotions. That's why I have the therapist now. So, yeah. So I highly recommend therapy if you can't if you can't afford it, of course, because it is really expensive. Thank you, Brittany. I appreciate that you brought up therapy. I think it's important for people to realize that they don't have to cope alone. I think bringing in an outside source like a therapist or a trusted friend can definitely be helpful in making sure you are healthy. I forgot to add one thing. So recently, when I get really like in my emotions, the bad ones, in my feelings, I don't eat, right? So then, but recently when I was going through something and I was feeling really bad, I was eating everything. <laughs> so now that I'm in a better place, I'm going to work that off. Just want to put that out there. It's okay to gain a little weight <laughs> when you're feeling sad. And yeah. Food is definitely a comfort for a lot of people, especially during trying times. So thank you, Brittany, Deja. Um, I also think like, um, I'm big on words of affirmation to like waking up in the morning telling yourself you're doing great like even if it doesn't feel like you are like just speaking positivity and like wisdom and stuff into your life is super important because it just it makes you feel better I know for me um, it makes me feel better and who doesn't like hearing like oh you're doing great when you feel like you're not I like just like going off of what the two of them both said like I agree with Deja 100% like words of affirmation like just telling yourself like I've like I've started doing that to the point where like I'll 
um like set reminders on my phone saying things like uh you're doing awesome or like i'll write on my mirror saying like you're doing enough keep going or like you're doing a good job stuff like that and it's just it's good to hear that and then like therapy is important 100 percent. therapy is uh a must but i don't know like my like my perspective on it therapy isn't just like talking to someone getting things out there's there's a lot of different forms of therapy Layla, i think you kind of know where i'm going with this like like so i don't like i don't go to a therapist but i do have my own form of therapy like i like i work out a lot and i i find being in like that like position of like stress like where my body's like in that position like i find like almost clarity and i'm able to think um and like have like a better like worldview not only myself and it gives me just a better understanding of the situations i'm in jeremy and daisy reminded me of something so i have like uh i go to the gym a lot now and i was before like when we were at home when we were home during the break so that was helping out and then i also have like uh on my pinterest account I have like a whole bunch of like like self-love quotes and things like that to make me happy and i also um have a reminder on my phone that says be unapologetically you and love yourself i'm seeing that words of affirmation is a theme here um i definitely can agree and relate with what you guys are saying because i tend to be my harshest critic in terms of everything um usually i end up thinking that i'm not doing enough or i should be doing this or i need to be doing that and in reality i'm doing this that the third a million and i don't need to be i feel like being your harshest critic can be a good thing because it means you're self-aware and you're doing you're making sure that you are doing what you think you should be doing but also it can be a negative thing when you're stressing yourself out um to make deadlines or to help other people when you don't even feel like you can help yourself, you know? I know that sounds sad, but it doesn't feel sad for me. It feels motivational, I guess, to be better than the, the person I was yesterday. I think for me, since I've become, since I, be, since I went into the whole student government thing, like that entire first semester, I was just frustrated because I felt like, one, I didn't really know what I was doing due to like circumstances and stuff because of COVID, yada, yada, I couldn't get training. Um, we actually got training and everything, but we were still getting low um, involvement from like the people on campus and everything. And and I felt like I had a lot of ideas in my mind, but like the problem was executing them or like staying, making sure I'm on top of myself so that I remember to execute them. When I finally got one of my initiatives done, um, I was really happy, but in my mind, I'm just like, okay, like what's the next thing? like? Instead of me sitting there and like processing that I was finally able to complete something in, in a role that I was already like not the most comfortable in or I didn't feel like I could fully do. I just needed to take a step back and be like everything that you put out was finally able to like amount to something. I think that goes into being your own harshest critic, but thank you for sharing that with us, Mike. Uh, Brittany? I think it was you were talking about recognition being like people saying like oh you're doing a good job and stuff like that i i guess more when i was younger um i used to love when people would do that to me but then i noticed like if someone didn't be like oh Brittany, you're doing great then i'll be like so am i not doing great right now no one has said i've done great this whole month <laughs> like what's going on so i feel like i had to get over that because 
I just would always hurt my own feelings when no one was around to be like, oh, you're doing great. But then I feel like I'm kind of lying to myself sometimes if I say, oh, you're doing great, which is going back to what Deja said. Even if you're not doing great, you can say like to yourself, you're doing great. But that makes me feel bad. I feel like I'm saying I'm doing great a lot. I'm so sorry. But it just makes me feel bad because I'm like, you're not. So why are you lying to yourself? Like, actually start doing better. (laughs) I feel like it's good to kind of have people that are like, yeah, you're doing good even when you're not. I don't know, like, I feel like it's good to have, like, a mix of both, like, how Brittany was saying that, she feels like after a while of hearing that from people, she kind of just expected it, or, like, she, when she didn't hear it, it was like, what am I doing wrong? So it's like, you have to, like, cheer yourself on, it's like, I don't know, I feel like sometimes it's okay for you to know that, like, you're not doing the best right now, or, like, you could be doing better, or, like, to have yourself surrounded by people that point out when you're messing up, so that, I feel like being a yes man to all of your emotions is not good. Like, there has to be a balance. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the reason why a lot of people grow up to need validation or recognition in the things that they do is because we're conditioned to believe that we're all special um, and we all have something to offer. And while we all do have something to offer because we're all different people, I hate to burst your bubble. None of us are special because if every kid when they're growing up is told, yeah, you're special, you're going to do great things. That means that sentiment has no value anymore. That means no one's special because if everyone's special, then there's no significance to compare it against. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I just think I don't think it's a bad thing to question yourself when someone doesn't give you that recognition. But I do think it's worth evaluating what's important to you because I think it means more when you can be your own validation instead of relying on somebody else to because then you'll be disappointed and then you'll feel like you're not doing enough when in reality you might be it's just no one's around to cheer you on you know yeah this is this is a great discussion I really appreciate that you guys have all different you know perspectives on this Um, I did want to propose another question if I could Um, I think since we were discussing good tips and good habits, I think it's only right that we discuss bad habits. So are there any things that you guys have done or experienced that you know was detrimental to your um, emotional health? But how did you, I guess, mitigate that or change that? Jeremy, you can go ahead first. Well, I think like just over time, like, I, I've caught myself, like, in situations where I'm like, hey, like, I'm kind of acting out right now, and I feel like I am doing, like, a lot of wrong. Like, I, like I've like i noticed, like, some days I'll be, like, casting blame on, like, to others on stuff that I've done, or, like, I've just had, like, these random, like, outbursts of, like, like where I'll, like, just attack people for no reason. Is Like, as long as you catch yourself doing that, I feel like you are able to understand where to go from there because like I have like on campus alone like I'm in a lot of positions of leadership and as like as like a leader especially a student leader you have to lead by example and being able to not necessarily downplay your own emotions but controlling them and just understanding them so that way you can use them in the best aspect necessary um and like just being able to um just like 
be able to use them properly and like kind of understand like why you're feeling this way and maybe the worst way to deal to deal with it is like let it go and then deal with it later but even then like as long as you're dealing with it on like within like a proper fashion so whether it's like talking to someone about it or just trying to find a sense of clarity or just like trying to find like like self-help ways i think that's a good way to start i guess i would say like for me um so like last summer i lost my brother he committed suicide and when that happened i had i personally had never lost someone like close to me or like what i think is close to me like i lost my uncle um prior to that and I didn't really like feel any emotions or anything even though he had been in my life and he had been like um someone who had helped me or whatever it was but when my brother passed away I was like overwhelmed with all these emotions and I started like drinking and smoking like a lot um to the point where like I don't know I just didn't really recognize myself I didn't like how I was or like where I was going and um my brother my brother had like suffered through um he abused a lot of drugs and he was always going to like uh like rehab and stuff like that and I felt like I was going down the same route by turning to drugs and alcohol I guess as um a way to like cope with like my emotions um it wasn't until like I really like just sat down it was like a couple weeks like after he had passed I had like actually like felt it like I I had actually like cried and like felt whatever emotion I needed to feel to get over it. Um, uh, I don't want to say get over it, but like learn to live with it. Um, so I, I, I guess I would say that was something like negative I had done to myself that I, I guess I hadn't realized at the time. And through time of just like being with myself and being with my emotions and being with everything that I'm thinking, it was like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> this isn't like you. I think that it's admirable that you caught yourself when you were going down that sort of rabbit hole. Um, I thank you for sharing that story about your brother. Okay. So, um, yeah, thank you for sharing that with us. And I think it's good that you caught yourself and you realized that you were kind of repeating his actions and you want to be able to move on and do better for yourself. But it can be difficult when all that trauma and confusion because I feel like it's really painful to lose someone especially that way especially to drugs or something like that going back to like what Michael said and like trauma and everything um but I grew up in a household where like you know we never like really shared our emotions and I mean that can take a toll on anyone's life um so I grew up like oh like you know not telling people like how I felt and stuff so when I went through trauma um, I was like, oh, like, you know, there's no need for me to talk to anyone because I grew up in a household like, oh, you keep your you keep your um, your emotions to yourself and you move on. I remember when I was when my when I was eight, my parents got divorced because like my dad had did something and um, it really hurt me. And I was like, wow, like. But I can't share my emotions um, because I wasn't taught to. So, like, from, like, 8 to 19, like, I had trauma that I never told anyone about. And um, I realized it was it was affecting me and how I carried myself and stuff. And, it, it, and I still have a hard time letting, like, people in, like, close people in. Um, now I'm better, but 
like growing up I was like no because like if I tell them how I feel like they'll like use it against me or like they'll tell someone else so now that I'm older and I'm like okay Deja it's fine to you know share your emotions it's fine to let someone know it's fine to talk to someone like sometimes you need to get it out whether it be a therapist or like your friend like if you tell someone you'll feel a little bit better um so I think my biggest thing was not you know, share my emotions with someone that could help me um, is a huge thing when it comes to emotional health and just just life in general, too. I feel like a lot of people that I know, I don't know if they're like joking or they're serious, but a lot of people tell me like sometimes when I'm telling them like, oh, this is stressing me out, like I'm going through this, whatever. They're like, oh, just go to sleep. Like everyone's like, go to sleep, sleep it off. And I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> and I don't think that's healthy to just sleep and then you're gonna wake up with the same problems. So I'm just like, I don't really think that's a smart way. Well, it doesn't solve anything at all. Something I do still used to do a lot, I would just not deal with it. Like at all. I'm like, okay, ouch, that hurt me. I'm gonna keep moving forward. I'm not gonna tell the person, I'm not gonna do anything, I'm just gonna do my homework <laughs> and life will go on. So I feel like how I got out of that, I guess. I just kind of force myself now. Like, if someone hurts my feelings, like, I have to tell them. Or, like, something's going on, I have to just work it out in some way. Like, do something. I can't just not do anything anymore because it just piles on and on, and then I blow up and I explode. And that's not great. So, yeah. Yeah, bottling up your emotions isn't um, the way to go, but I do understand how it gets to that point. Kind of going back to, like, what Deja said, like, I, I grew up in, like, a pretty similar household where, like, no one really, like, talked about their emotions, like, and I grew up a child of divorce as well. It was, like, people, like, in my family, people only had emotional outbursts, and it was, like, oh, okay, I'm eight. I don't know how to deal with that. It took it took a while to really, like, understand, like, that kind of stuff. Like, that's not what's supposed to happen, and you're supposed to be able to talk stuff out and, like, talk about how you're feeling and stuff like that, and it... You don't understand it when you're younger because you just like you just kind of see like that happening. You just think that's how life is. And then as you get older and as you start interacting more and understanding more, like those concepts just become like almost like stuff that you have to progress with and deal with. And then if you don't, then they become, they can become tra- traumatic, like especially with divorce. If you're not like especially like at a young age, like with divorce, you have to someone has to talk to you about that. Like you have to be like like told about that and like really talk through it because my parents got divorced probably right around the same age as Deja did I was seven or eight and I was just told oh you're gonna have two Christmases you're gonna spend some nights at mom's house some nights at dad's house and then it's gonna be it's gonna be that and I feel like a lot of people like make jokes about like the like the two Christmas portion of it but no one really talks about like hey how did this affect the kids um and then like you see like the kids like later on in life and who knows how they are you know Thank you for that, Jeremy. Um, I guess I can add on to um, what you just said about divorced parents. Um, my parents divorced when I was like 14, so I was old enough to remember. But I don't know. I kind of just went with it because I kind of saw it coming. But I think what affected me more than the divorce of my parents, I think it was more the way my dad raised me. It wasn't just my dad, it was my mom and my dad, but my dad specifically had this like philosophy that 
I should be independent all the time and depend on nobody because people will let you down. And so I've grown up to internalize that and believe that no one around me is trustworthy. No one around me is worth like depending on or anything like that. And I know that's incredibly exhausting because I feel like I'm an incredibly like giving person in terms of advice or materials or literally anything that you need if nobody else is willing to give it to you I will nine times out of ten be the one to do it so I think that that was kind of detrimental to my emotional health and it made certain things harder like like Michael shared that he lost his brother to suicide and my brother also attempted to do that um and it was it was difficult because I had to be the one to be the support for the family because I had to stay calm while everybody else was in like disbelief and it was rough but I feel like I was used to it at that point so I don't I didn't think of it as a negative thing I kind of felt like it was my responsibility because if if I don't no one will so I need to be the one who's level-headed who's gonna call 911 and make sure he gets the help that he needs he was okay afterward but um well, okay, it's a loose term, but he was healthy <laughs> in the end. But I don't know. I think that's an interesting way to look at it. I don't think I've ever thought about that situation and thought of it as detrimental to me because I just thought I was doing what was right for my family. But I don't know. I guess nobody ever really checked in with me after that. They kind of just assumed that I was okay because I handled everything. So, yeah, I think it's... It's important to consider all things when it comes to your emotional health because it's not just where you are right now. Definitely like upbringing and where you grew up and who you grew around and all these uh, things, which makes it so much more complicated to find the help that you need, which is why I think it's important to like bring other people into it. And I'm trying to learn to express myself more, especially to friends who I trust and, like, for example, uh, my RD like opening up to her and letting her know like this is how I'm feeling and this is what I'm going to do about it but yeah I think that's been helpful for me all right this was a great discussion and I appreciate that all of you had something to say uh, I think the last question that we're going to discuss is whether or not you guys have any advice for people who are having a rough emotional time at um at this point um, I think it's important to note the difference between emotional and mental as well. So if you guys want to talk about that, that'd be really cool. Um, let's hear from Trine first. Okay, so I think the biggest thing, and even like hearing all of your stories and stuff, is setting boundaries. Because I feel like in a lot of the situations, we are subject to being the main person that everyone goes to or the main person that has to deal with a lot of things. And often we can't get that, not even just a long time, but we can't just get to know ourselves. Like we're always in the middle of something or being pushed around or doing something. So definitely setting boundaries between you and other people. And if they cross those boundaries, let them know, hey, I don't tolerate this. Or, hey, I'm not going to let you talk to me like this. And then also not even just with people, but setting boundaries with uh, your work, obviously. Most of us are RAs or SRAs or we do some type of um, club or whatever. If you're not setting boundaries between working and then school and then friends and et cetera, it just gets exhausting. And sometimes you get exhausted to the point where it'll just come out of you in a negative emotion. Like you'll just be angry and 
that's not the original emotion emotion you had. Maybe you were just sad and now you let it build up and now you're angry yelling at people. So definitely set boundaries between work, school, family life, et cetera. So yeah, like agreeing with like I agree with Trinae and what she said because like it's it's tough to really like especially when you're going through something to differentiate acting like after a buildup of emotion and then like actually thinking like through and having like an actual process to mo- like a process response because like you can't like acting on emotion like especially after an outburst it's it's not like it's not a complete uh reaction it's it's more instinctual to react based on emotion because you can't control how you feel but you can control how you react uh to the situation that made you feel that way and i think if more people are able to understand their emotions before acting on them, I, I feel like we'll be able to have a better understandings of like ourselves, like emotionally, and then be able to work on ourselves emotionally too. Thank you, Jeremy. All right, Deja. Um, I think that it's super important to surround yourself with um positivity, and people are gonna you know be positive, but still tell you like okay, like, you know, you're doing this wrong, but not always like, oh, like, you can't do this, you can't do that, like, bringing you down, and also telling yourself, like, it's okay to say, you know what, maybe I should step back for a second, you know, just, you know, try to rethink things, um, it's super important, too, because sometimes we forget that it's okay to step back and be like, you know what, today, it's not a good day, like, take time for yourself, um, so. Thank you, Deja. I wholeheartedly agree. Michael? Um, I guess I'm the last person. Um, the last thing I would say is feel your emotions, like all of them. Um, I know, like, obviously that's like a thing, like, yeah, obviously you should feel your emotions, but like, um, I feel like a lot of people just um, go through a situation or go through an event in time where things didn't go good and they just like internalize that they just leave it alone they're just like ah, I'll, I'll feel this later or i'll set time aside to feel it, and you don't do that um like when i was younger i had a traumatic experience with my dad and because of that i wasn't able at a thing that kind of happened afterwards was like i wasn't able to feel a lot of my emotions it was either like happy or i was just angry all the time and i didn't know how to like process it I, I, it was i don't know it felt weird for me um and because of that, like, I wasn't able to cry. I wasn't able to feel um, certain emotions. Obviously, I said this before, but, like, um, it wasn't until, like, recently um, that I was able to, like, fully, I guess, like, start to feel my emotions. Like, finally be able to cry. Finally be able to, like, I don't know, like, break down. It was just, like, things would happen. I'd be like, oh, okay. Or shit happens. Or, you know, it'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> So I always, I always tell people now that, like, um, if you're going through something, just feel all the emotions. Take the time you need to feel those emotions. I definitely agree. Yeah, I think people tend to push away their emotions until it suits them. But it definitely means more. And I feel like it helps you heal faster and more efficiently if you feel them as they come instead of trying to push them away all the time because we are human emotions are kind of what make us who we are so it's important for you to actually sort out how you feel about something instead of just pushing past it and hoping that it'll be okay later Brittany 
it's going to sound corny, and I didn't want to sound corny, <laughs> but I feel like just don't lose hope. Like, just keep trying, and eventually, or hopefully, something will work out. Something will work for you. Um, like, you can try all the things that um, everyone has mentioned already. Um, and if that doesn't work the first time, it's nothing wrong with trying again. Like, you know, it's just having the mindset, like, this is really hard, but just don't give up is really important and I feel like don't be afraid to do certain things like if you gotta scream like scream into your pillow in your room that's good for you then if that works and you feel better then that's great like or you need to go on a run and it's like midnight still go on the run be careful <laughs> but go on the run do what you gotta do like no matter what to make yourself feel better and try to get through whatever you're going through I, I agree um I think that Realizing that there's no like one size fits all solution to however it is that you're feeling is important because then you start to realize like, hey, this works for this person, but it doesn't work for me the same way. So that means it gives you a chance to personalize, I guess, your solution or your approach to your emotions because everybody feels everything a little bit differently. And there's no way that you could feel what another person is feeling. I mean, empathy is a thing, but that's just assuming you know how somebody feels based on your past experiences but there's no way that you could ever be in another person's body and feel exactly what they're feeling and know exactly what they've been through so i think it's important to be there for each other and more more importantly be there for yourself because like i said i'm already an independent person and i've been trying to come out of that and trust people more but i do think that it's important that you need to prioritize yourself because you can't always depend on somebody to be there for you. Like, it's nice if they are, but in the event that they're not, you should be able to, you know, patch up your own wound and say, all right, I got this. I'm going to do better tomorrow. You know, you can't change the past, but you can move forward. All right. That was a beautiful discussion. And I know I said that was the last question, but I do think that it's important to consider this, this last question. We're all RAs, right? So, well, SRAs and RAs, RAs nonetheless. And we have to deal with residents every single day. How does that affect your emotional health? Let's start with Deja. Okay, so um, as an SRA, I, um, I kind of like, you know, kind of help Anna, you know, with stuff that she's too busy to do. Um, and though I only have eight residents, like, the building is kind of on my residence too so I tend to hear all their problems and stuff which is fine because I mean that's what I'm here for but sometimes it's a lot and um it's like okay I have to do my job but it's like also it ain't it today like today is today's not it um and I live on the third floor so um that's a lot of steps and then I always run into people and then they always stop me and I'm like, okay, well now, you know, I have no choice but to have a conversation with them. So sometimes I'm like, mm, I don't want to, but like, I have to. So it's hard, but um, it's a lovely time. I agree that it can be difficult, um, especially since it's our job and we do want to be helpful. Like, don't don't take this to mean that RAs hate all residents or we don't want to talk to you. It's just sometimes we have bad days. And coming to us with a problem when we're 
you know, having that bad day or a bad emotional trip, that can be difficult for us. That's all that we're trying to say. But uh, Trine, you can go next. So being an RA is amazing. It's great. I love helping people. But sometimes I just am not in the mood to have any interactions with my residents. And I think that sometimes, well, residents kind of just forget sometimes that we also go through things. And this semester, my residents love me. Like they, they want me to come to their rooms and like hang out and so and it's great it's great this is like the best batch of residents that I've had this semester but um sometimes I'm like guys I I'm stressed there's a lot going on I'm taking 19 credits or something else is going on at home and it's just like I need to be by myself for a couple days even like I'm at home right now they've been complaining (laughs) because I keep going home for the weekend and I'm just like I need a mental break from college I cannot be on campus from January to May, just straight, like I gotta be, I gotta do what's best for myself because if I'm not good, I can't help y'all. I like that you mentioned that at the end, if I'm not good, that I can't help you. That goes to show that you need to be responsible for you and make sure your mental and emotional health is taken care of before you can deal with that of another person. So thank you for mentioning that, Trine. Uh, Jeremy, you can go next. Like, on top of being an RA, um, like, I'm a student athlete, too, and just having, like, two, like, pretty, like, pretty, like, taxing, like, commitments um, to my, like, schedule, it's, it, it can definitely be a lot, both mentally and emotionally, and I think, like, the, and, like, at the end of the day, like, if I'm coming back from, like, a late practice and, like, a full day of classes, it's, like, it's, like, bro, like, please, like, just give me, like, 10 minutes to myself, and then I'll be good. And I think, like, that's just the most important for, thing for me, at least. It's, like, I, like, I try to set time aside for myself, like, whether it's, like, so for Sundays, like, I'll take, like, a four-hour nap, and that's, like, me time. Like, it's, like, don't bother me. Like, I'm just gonna, like, like, I forgot who said it. But I think it was Trinae. Like, if I, if I can't, like, help myself, then I can't help you. Like, I set time aside my own schedule to, like, focus, like, on just, like, whether it's, like, me mentally resting, me physically resting, just because, like, I want to, like, be able to help you in the best possible way I can. And with the, like, the double up on stuff that I'm, like, that I'm doing that's, like, both physically and mentally demanding, it's, like, I need to, I need to find time for myself. Thank you, Jeremy. All right, Brittany? Um, This rarely happens, but, like, Sometimes if I'm having a really bad day and I was like outside, I'm coming into the building, I'm just like in my head, I'm like, just get to your room, just get to your room. Like I'm praying nobody's like, hey, Brittany, can you help me? Because I'm like, right now it's a lot. Like I need some time and then I could get back to you. Most of the time my residents just text me and no one really knocks on my door. But sometimes like I have a sign like I'm here. And then, but I could be doing something like taking care of myself because I had a bad day and I'm like, ooh, like I did put out that I'm here, meaning like I'm here for them. So sometimes I'll answer the door and like we'll talk and I'm just to let them know like, hey, like I'll get back to you like in like an hour or like a few minutes, but I'm doing something right now. And they understand. So it's not that bad, but it's just funny sometimes in my head. I'm like, <laughs> like I was so ready to be an RA. I was super excited. And then when I was like, I didn't think about, oh, when you have a bad day and you need to be there for yourself, but you also have all these other responsibilities, what are you going to do? And so I'm just like, always like, okay, get to your room, like <laughs> get to your room. And then you can just de-stress and 
try to work out whatever you need to work out. Thank you for that, Brittany. Trina, you have something to add? Yeah, real quick. So Brittany was saying that she sometimes has a sign up or whatever. On my where is RA Trinae thing, at the bottom of it, I have personal sign cut out. So my residents know that if my uh, clip is on that, that they're not supposed to disturb me. So again, that adds on to what we were talking about earlier with setting boundaries. That's all I want to add. Okay, I think that's efficient. I didn't. I never thought of that. I figured people would think that was aggressive <laughs> and be like, yeah, no, she, no. she don't want to talk to us. I feel bad though doing that. Like that's why I'm really bad with setting boundaries. I'm working on it, but I'll be like, it could be any time. I don't know. Even sometimes I go to my residents to check up if they're okay, and then it ends up they're not okay, and then we have a whole three-hour discussion. And I'm like, they didn't even knock on my door. Like I went looking for this. Like you know what I'm saying? So I don't know. And sometimes it's like, oh, I gotta go like do this homework, but we're still talking, and I don't really know when to cut that off. It'd be like, I gotta go. I'm sorry. So yeah. So I don't know. If I put that on my door, like not to disturb me, I would feel really bad because I'm like, who else are you gonna go to? Like there's other RAs, but I don't know. I feel like I feel bad that your first option where you went to look for help first wasn't available. I think it might be important to like note at the bottom of that that they shouldn't disturb you unless it's an emergency only because personal time is important but you also don't want them to be in like a situation where upd is needed or like the wellness center or something like that and then you're just like no nah, i'm taking me time it's not my problem right now you know so i think writing that at the bottom would definitely be beneficial for that that's what's at the bottom of mine it does say that I, I, that was a little bold it says not for emergencies only that was a beautiful discussion and we loved everything we heard today. Um, thank you all for listening to the second episode of the Boiling Point podcast. And thank you all for being a part of it because it was just great. You guys are all dynamic, unique, and wonderful. And we appreciate you guys. So stay tuned for the next episode of the Boiling Point podcast. And let us know if you'd like to be part of that episode. Bye, guys.